It's time to break down the Buffalo Bills Week 7 opponent, the challenges they present, and what the Bills need to do to deal with them today on Locked on Bills. You are Locked on Bills, your daily Buffalo Bills podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Bills Mafia? It's Joe Marino, author of Go Bills and Buffalo's Run, also the co-host of the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast, and I'm your host of Locked On Bills. want to thank you for making Locked On Bills your first listen every day, and a big welcome and shout-out to our everydayers. You know who you are. Those of you who never miss a single episode, I appreciate y'all being here very, very much. I'd also like to invite you to subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This episode is brought to you by Prize Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use code locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Well, folks, it's that time of week. We're going to get fully ready. We're going to dive into the weeds with the Buffalo Bills next opponent and plot the path for a Bills victory while discussing the challenges that the opponent presents. So let's get into it. The Bills are on the road in week seven to face the New England Patriots. The game will be played on Sunday, October 22nd at 1 p.m. Eastern time at Gillette Stadium in Foxborough, Massachusetts. The game will be broadcasted on CBS. Ian Eagle is on the play-by-play. Charles Davis is the game analyst. And Evan Washburn is the sideline reporter. I think Ian Eagle does a nice job. This is going to be the 128th all-time meeting between the Bills and the Patriots. And the Bills have a 49-77-1 all-time record against New England. But recent history has been much more kind to the Buffalo Bills. The Bills have, in fact, won six of the last seven, including the last four. And the last four have been by an average margin of victory of 17 points while averaging 35 points per game on offense. The last time the Bills lost to the Patriots was, of course, that Monday night wind game. Damian Harris, big, long touchdown run for the Patriots. And people said, Bill Belichick put together the greatest game plan in the history of the NFL. One of the most ridiculous situations I can remember being I guess involved with. I could not believe the commentary coming out of that game. The Bills enter this game four and two. The Patriots are one and five. Here's what's happened with the Patriots this year so far. In week one, they lost to the Eagles 25 to 20. Week two, they lost to the Dolphins 24 to 17. Week three was a 15 to 10 win over the Jets. Week four, they fell to the Dallas Cowboys 38 to 3. Week five, 34 to 0 loss to the Saints. And then last week, a 21-17 loss to the Las Vegas Raiders. The head coach of the New England Patriots is still Bill Belichick, 71 years old, in his 29th season as an NFL head coach, his 24th with the Patriots, has a record of 299 and 157 for his career. He's looking for that 300th career regular season win, and you certainly don't want to be the team that gives that to him. Now, I think the record that matters the most when it comes to Bill Belichick is his record with and without Tom Brady. 
with Tom Brady, Bill is 219 and 64. Without Brady, he's 80 and 93. The quarterback for the New England Patriots is Mac Jones. Six foot three, 220 pounds. He's 25 years old. Was their first round pick, number 15 overall in 2021 by the Patriots out of Alabama. He started 37 games to this point. In those starts, the Patriots have a record of 17 and 20. So far this year, he's completing 64% of his passes, 201 yards per game, five touchdowns, seven interceptions, and a passer rating of 74.4. And so, Mac, right now, through six games this year, he's currently on pace for the lowest completion percentage of his career, the fewest passing yards per game of his career, the lowest quarterback rating, the lowest touchdown percentage, and the highest interception percentage of his career. Folks, we are not moving in the right direction as it relates to Mac Jones, and that's why there's some chatter in New England about playing Malik Cunningham or Will Greer or Bailey Zappi, right? There's there's a lot of unsettled um, feelings around Mac Jones and his short-term and long-term future as the Patriots quarterback, and I'm going to say it. I feel bad for him. I was not a Mac Jones fan coming out of Alabama. I didn't think much of him as a prospect. I certainly am not a fan of him as the Patriots quarterback, but it has been a tough situation for him. And honestly, I think the Patriots are busting him more than he's busting the Patriots. They've given him three different offensive coordinators in three years, including the Matt Patricia year. So you go from Josh McDaniels to Matt Patricia. Are you kidding me? And now it's Bill O'Brien. He's never had anything close to a number one receiver. Nothing. I don't know that he's had legitimate, like, desirable number two receivers. And he's a limited player to begin with, right? I mean, just not a lot of movement skills, modest arm talent at best. One-year starter at Alabama. I think the Patriots are failing him in a big, big way. And so I don't think Mac Jones is as bad of a quarterback as he's been this year. But I don't think he's been given any good opportunity to develop at all in New England. Let's get into some of the numbers as it relates to Mac Jones. His average time to throw is 2.43 seconds. That is the third fastest trigger in the NFL. He's only one of five quarterbacks that get the ball out on average in under two and a half seconds. Tua Tungabailoa, of course, the fastest triggered quarterback. Then it's Joe Burrow. Then it's Mac Jones, Brock Purdy, and then Trevor Lawrence. Mac's average depth of target is 8.3 yards from the line of scrimmage. That's 15th, so middle of the pack there. 11.9% of his throws are 20-plus down the field, which is 15th in the NFL. <clears throat> Excuse me. And his throws down the field are not really resulting in much. He's 5 of 24 for 119 yards with two touchdowns and a completion percentage of 20.8% on throws 20-plus down the field. That is the second-worst completion percentage on deep throws in the NFL. Only Joe Burrow is worse at 12.5%. 71.6% of Max throws are to his first read. That's number six in the NFL, so high volume of throws going to his primary option. And I think this is an important metric to bring up with Mac is the over two and a half seconds, under two and a half seconds. So when Mac gets the ball out in under two and a half seconds, he's completing 74% of his passes and a passer rating of 83. And he gets the ball out in under two and a half seconds, 58% of the time. So under two and a half seconds, 58% of the time, 
completion percentage of 74.2, passer rating of 83. When he holds onto the ball for more than two and a half seconds, which happens 42% of the time, his completion percentage is 48%. His passer rating is 60.6. So if you can get Mac to hold onto that football a little bit longer, the numbers are pretty bad. And if you can pressure him, it becomes real good for your defense. So Mac Jones under pressure has a passer rating of 50.6 and a completion percentage of 49.2. When he's clean, his passer rating is 84.7, which is still bad relative to clean passer rating, but his completion percentage does go up to 71%. So a huge dip and in, in, in change in the metrics for Mac under two different circumstances. Circumstance one, when he gets the ball out in under two and a half versus when he holds onto it for longer than two and a half. And then, of course, when he's kept clean versus when he's under pressure. And sometimes these types of quarterbacks are kind of easy to game plan against. Force them to hold on to the football by taking away their first read, get pressure, and they crumble. That That's the script against a guy like Mac Jones. Play action percentage is 16.9%. That is 27th in terms of frequency, so not a lot of play action from New England, which is good news for Dorian Williams. And then screens, they do screens 12.8% of the time, which is eighth most in terms of frequency, but they are not very productive. Only 3.3 yards per attempt, uh, which is 27th. That's actually worse than the Bills when it comes to yards per attempt on screen. So that's the book on Mac Jones. We'll talk more about the offensive coordinator and, and what's going on with this Patriots offense here in just a moment. Stick with me. But you know what? There's a lot of uncertainty in the world right now, and it's becoming more important than ever to be prepared. And we know that the current events of, of what's going on in the world right now can affect supply chains and shortages, especially for medications, and getting them in a timely manner. And folks, there's a solution to that problem, and it's the Jace case. The Jace case is a personalized emergency medication kit that contains five essential antibiotics that treat the most common and deadly bacterial infections. And look, you can even customize your case and add additional life-saving medications based on your own unique unique needs. And look, Jace is constantly working to expand what they offer medication-wise. There's been some very good new additions, so check them out. And also, you can get a gift card. They offer gift cards that you can use for a family member or a loved one so that they can get a Jace case of their own. So go to Jace Medical and enter our promo code locked on, <clears throat> excuse me, at checkout for a $20 discount on your order. That's promo code locked on at jacemedical.com. That's J A S E medical.com. Folks, snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book, because right now, new customers can get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. So if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's never been a better time to get in on the action. I love the app. It is so easy to use, and there's so many different things that you can bet on, whether it's spreads. Maybe you like the Bills, right? You think the Bills are going to go cover this spread in New England this week? Go bet on them. If you like player props, they have those as well. I love doing those. They'll give you different Things that'll happen in a game that'll be, you know, over under on receptions, three and a half, or over under on rushing yards, 60. And I love doing that. That's really where I've been winning over at FanDuel. They give you over unders on games and so much more. Plenty of futures bets as well that you could check out. So visit fanduel.com slash locked on and kick off this NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. 
The offensive coordinator for the New England Patriots is Bill O'Brien, 53 years old. It's his first season back in New England. He was their offensive coordinator back in 2011, and then he went to be the head coach at Penn State, and then he became the Texans head coach for five seasons, 2015 through 2020, and then he spent the last two years in Alabama as their offensive coordinator and, of course, now is back as the Patriots O.C., replacing the disaster that was Matt Patricia, and so far it hasn't really been better. Uh, right now, the Patriots are averaging 12 points per game. They scored a twenty of uh, a total of 20 points in their last three. That includes 17 against the Raiders, none against the Saints, and three against Dallas. So 12 points per game, that's 31st in the NFL. They're averaging 5.1 yards per pass play. That is 27th. 3.4 yards per rush play, that's 29th. They turn the ball over a good amount as well, 15.5% turnover percentage. That's sixth highest in the league. In fact, they've and their score percentage is, is 18.3%, which is dead last in the NFL. They have 11 turnovers in six games. So they're 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 not playing well here. They're not scoring points. They're not they're bottom, they're bottom four, excuse me, bottom five in the NFL in, in rushing yards per play and passing yards per play. They're turning the ball over, you know, six highest in the league, and they're not scoring. Just offense right now is a problem for them. 35.2% conversion rate on third down. That's 25th. Now, they can hang their hat on this, I guess, the 70% red zone touchdown percentage, which is third best in the NFL. Here's the problem. They've only been to the red zone 10 times in six games. Unbelievable. Now, to their credit, they scored on seven of those 10 opportunities, a touchdown, but only 10 red zone trips in six games. That's insane. I mean, the Giants went five times last week against the Bills. And the Giants offense has stunk out loud this year. Patriots said, hold my beer. We're worse. Let's talk about their personnel. Wide receiver. Kendrick Bourne has been their number one receiver this year by far in terms of targets and opportunities. That's their number one. Juju Smith-Schuster is their, I guess, slot number two receiver uh, guy that Gives them some ball skills, some route running, but has been a high-variance player throughout his career coming over from the Chiefs last year. Devontae Parker, who they just extended, he's part of the mix-it wide receiver, big-bodied, catch-point, physical receiver. And then Tyquan Thornton is uh, another receiver to be mindful of. A lot of speed there. That's their guy that can really stretch defenses vertically and gives them their best opportunity for explosives down the field. So wide receivers, Kendrick Bourne, Juju Smith-Schuster, Devontae Parker, Tyquan Thornton. At tight end, Hunter Henry is their number one tight end. He does have an injury right now. We'll see what his status is for Sunday. He's backed up by Mike Gusecki. Remember him from the Miami Dolphins, um, kind of a linear athlete with ball skills, but not much in terms of route running or blocking ability. And then Farrell Brown is their third tight end. At running back, it's Ramondre Stevenson and Zeke Elliott. It's the only two running backs they have on their roster. They do have Ty Montgomery that can play some running back as well, but it really comes down to Ramondre Stevenson and Ezekiel Elliott. Of course, Ramondre Stevenson, a big, physical, powerful back that can catch the football. He just has not been productive at all this year, and Ezekiel Elliott has not really provided much of a an X-factor or a spark. I mean, Zeke is who he is. I think he's a good between-the-tackles runner, a good pass blocker, but there's limitations to his skill set. So 
that's that's been the story there. I mean, not not a whole lot here in terms of dynamic playmakers. They've got guys. They have some pieces, right? That I think can be a fourth or a fifth option. But you know, in this offense, somebody's got to be the one, two, and three, and they don't have those types of guys, right? The way that it's been going in terms of running the football, Ramondre Stevenson has seventy eight rushes this year. I think he has three rushes for more than ten yards on seventy eight rushes in as long as 15 and then Ezekiel Elliott has 49 rushes when it comes to target distribution 44 targets for Kendrick Bourne that's the most and it's 28 for Hunter Henry 25 for Juju 24 for Ramondre Stevenson 22 for Parker and 20 for Gusecki so this is a little bit like what we talked about with the Giants last week where they don't necessarily have a go-to guy I guess kind of Kendrick Bourne just like it was kind of Darren Waller for the Giants but I think where the air quotes challenge is for you is that they don't have a go-to guy. And so there's a lot of different players on any given look that you can anticipate realistically getting the football. Their offensive line, it's going to be interesting. They've, they've been banged up here as well. So we'll kind of talk about those dynamics. Their left tackle is a good one. Trent Brown, he's having a great season. That's the bright spot of their, bright spot of their entire offense, in my opinion. Then at left guard, Cole Strange, their first-round pick a couple of years ago, is who they want to start, but he's only played in two games this year. So in relief of him has been a rookie, Antonio Maffi. And so you're either going to get Cole Strange in his first action in a while or a rookie in Antonio Maffi. At center, it's David Andrews. He's been their center for a long time, a pretty stable player. At right guard, it's supposed to be Michael Onwenu. He's missed time recently, and it's been City So, another rookie, filling in. So we'll see if Mike Onwenu can go. Uh, typically a pretty solid player, but is he available? A right tackle, who knows here, right? It's supposed to be Riley Reef. He's been injured. They've been starting Verdarian Lowe, who is not a quality player. And so it really just comes down to who's available. Will they get Cole Strange? Will they get Mike on Wayne U? Will they get Riley Reef? If not, you're going to get Antonio Maffi, City So, and Verdarian Lowe, or some combination of those players. And there's big drop-offs, I think, at, at all of those spots. So something to pay attention to the rest of the week is the availability and the practice reports as it relates to these Patriots offensive linemen. So what are my keys for the Bills on defense against this Patriots offense? I think it comes down to three things. Number one is take away primary reads. You want to force Mac Jones to process deeper into plays, force him to hang out of the football. We went through it. We talked about how drastic his splits are when he gets the ball out in under two and a half seconds versus when he holds it for longer than two and a half seconds. And of course, when he's under pressure compared to when he's kept clean, you want to force him to read coverage, right? So diagnose as best you can. And then of course, take that opportunity, that extended time that you get because he has to continue to work progression and move his eyes to get home and get pressure on this quarterback. And so I think those are that's really what it comes down to when it when you're dealing with this passing game. I mean, there's not any weapon here that you feel like you have to pay overly high amounts of attention to, right? There's nobody that you say, man, you got to double that guy, take that guy away. I think where where your challenge is is that he can go to a lot of different places with the football. And so try to figure out what those pre-snap clues are. Don't give him any indicators and force him to work progressions. And I think your best way to do that is to lean into your disguise tendencies and then of course winning up front and getting pressure right marrying that coverage to the rush and getting home 
And then number three is be ready to defend the run. I'm sure that New England's going to come into this game and they're going to want to run the football, shorten the game, uh, try to control things, right? The Bills have been uh, giving up some some long runs this year. They're they're dead last in the NFL in yards per carry allowed. And I'm sure that the Patriots are going to want to come in and test that and that be their best plan to, to get a win, their best idea to get a win. So be ready to defend the run. Uh, you got to get ready to... <laughs> Defend your gap, stay in your gap, get off blocks, make tackles. Now, what's fortunate here is they don't have an electric back, right? There's no Saquon Barkley. There's no Devin Achon. There's no Raheem Mostert. There's no Travis Etienne, right? These are big physical backs that have some movement skills, but they're not overly dynamic home run hitters. And so uh, they present different challenges in terms of physicality, but they don't have that breakaway speed. So time to fight pressure with pressure, be physical, and, and defend the run this week. All right, we're going to talk about the Bills' offense against this Patriots defense. Stick with me, but I would like to tell you about Prize Picks. You got to check them out. Prize Picks is the funnest, most exciting, easiest way to play daily fantasy sports. I'm in love with this format. It's so good. It's just you versus the numbers. It's not you playing against thousands of other players and those players, including the pros, right? The Sharks. It's none of that. It's just you versus the numbers. Here's what you do you select two or more players. And then you pick more or less on their projected stats and you place your entry. That's it. Doesn't take long. You can place an entry in under a minute. And then when you win, the withdrawals are super, super quick. I love watching all these sports right now, right? We got the NHL. We got football, college and pro. NBA's kicking off here pretty soon. You've got the baseball playoffs. So much good sports that you can go over to prize picks and place an entry on. It just makes watching them all that much more exciting. So go to prizepicks.com slash NFL. Use our code LOCKEDONNFL. That'll get you a first deposit match up to $100. Again, that's prizepicks.com slash NFL And use code NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. Folks, I got to be honest with you. I am obsessed with DoorDash. I use it probably... Oh man, maybe every day I use it a lot. The convenience is just simply unmatched, especially in my busy life, right? I got a, I got a three-year-old at home. I got a lot going on, right? With all the content that I produce. I don't have time to go to the grocery store. We don't have time. A lot of times to cook dinner, but DoorDash is here for us. They'll bring whatever I want right to my front door. So whether it's dinner or lunch, breakfast, whether it's groceries that I need, They bring it, and they are consistent, right? DoorDash brings me what I want, just like I picked it out for myself off the shelf at the grocery store or if I checked my own takeout order. And if something's wrong, they make it right. So stop worrying about what's for dinner or what's for lunch or when you're going to have time to go to the grocery store. Let DoorDash handle that for you. Get 50% off. We got a deal here. Get 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your first order when you download the DoorDash app and enter code LOCKED23. Subject to change, terms apply. Again, don't forget to use code LOCKED23 for 50% off up to a $10 value on your first order when you download the DoorDash app and spend $15 or more. Subject to change, terms apply. The defensive coordinator for the New England Patriots is this combination of Steve Belichick, who is Bill Belichick's son, And Gerard Mayo, who was a good linebacker for the Patriots. And I think a lot of people view him as a potential head coach in the NFL at some point. Here's the metrics that matter here. They're allowing 25.3 points per game, which is 24th in the NFL. 
Now, they're not giving up a ton of yards here. 306 yards per game, that's 10th. 5.9 yards per pass, which is 16th. The run defense is good. 3.4 yards per rush, that's third best in the league. They're not getting a lot of turnovers at all. 4.3% turnover rate. They've only got three takeaways all season long, so they're not taking away the football at all. And they're giving up a score, 37.1% of drive, which is middle of the pack, 15th. As far as their pass rush, 21.2% pressure rate. That's 19th in the league. Their sack rate is 5.9%, which is 25th. And they're missing their best pass rusher in Matthew Judon, who's on injured reserve. And they're also missing their first-round draft pick, Christian Gonzalez, who looked like he's a star in the making, but he's on injured reserve as well. So a couple of their more dynamic players overall, especially on defense, are not available for them. Now let's talk about the personnel that they do have, and we will begin with the edge rushers again. No Matthew Judon, uh, which means Dietrich Wise, who's been a longtime player for them, you know, one of those long arms, heavy hands, set the edge, play the five tech, a uh, good, solid, fundamental football player uh, that, you know, Patriot through and through in terms of how they like their defensive ends. Anthony Jennings, who's kind of a, a hybrid player that spends some time as an off, off-ball linebacker, uh, can rush a little bit. Keon White, uh, rookie out of Georgia Tech, very, very athletic young player. He's banged up right now. We'll see what his availability is. And then Josh Uche, who I think is one of the best speed rushers in the league. Um, and he gave the Bills some trouble last year. So I'm sure the Bills will have a plan for him. But he's probably their most dynamic edge rusher right now with Matthew Judon not being available. On the interior, Christian Barmore, I think, is their best player. Young guy out of Alabama, dynamic penetration-style player that when he's been healthy, he's been a problem, and he's given the Bills some trouble as well. So we'll see what his availability is for Sunday. And then a couple of stalwarts, Lawrence Guy, Devon Godchow. These guys have been Patriots, it feels like, for a long time. Uh, Come in and do their job, right? They anchor against the run. They allow the second level to play downhill. Physical, strong, point-of-the-attack players. So. You know, they got their penetration guy in, in Barmore, and then it's a couple of fire hydrants there in Lawrence Guy and Devon Godchow. At linebacker, these guys are are nothing like what the Bills have, right? You think about Milano and, and Bernard, even Milano or Edmonds, or excuse me, I'm running all together here. Bernard and Williams, right? The Bills have lean, athletic linebackers. The Patriots have the opposite of that. Jawan Bentley and Jelani Tavai. I mean, these are big, burly dudes, like 250 pounds, 6'3", downhill, thumper-type guys, you know, can play short zones in coverage. But, you know, if these guys have to carry routes, that's going to be trouble for them, right? Not a lot of range here. But in terms of downhill run defensibility and, and short zone drops, I mean, they're they're solid guys, and you know, they're, that's their type, right? This is the, the Patriots-type guy that they've always had. I think it's an opportunity for the Bills to exploit it, uh, but that's who they like at linebacker. At corner, um, it's going to be J.C. Jackson, who they just brought back, right? Was, I guess, a really good player for them. Got a big deal with the Chargers, and the Chargers gave him away for a ham sandwich to go back to New England after he struggled there this year. Um, J.C. Jackson seems to have a lot more success against other teams, but every time I watch him play against the Bills, he's really struggling. And you know, I watched him earlier this year against Miami, and he was a disaster. So we'll see what he can offer. Jonathan Jones. Another veteran um, that they've had. I think he's more of a slot player. He's had to play a lot more outside over the last couple of years. He'll be at one on the other corner spot, and then Miles Bryant in the slot. Um, you know, they've used him in a number of different places, uh, including safety, including outside corner, but he's going to play slot 
most likely for them on Sunday. Their safeties are really good. Kyle Duggar, probably their most dynamic defensive player right now. And then Jabril Peppers, who I think is just a really overlooked player in the NFL. I'm not sure why he's been able to sign for as modest of deals as he has with the Patriots. He's a good player, and he's having a good season next to Kyle Duggar. They got some other guys there in Marte Maypoo and Jalen Mills. You know, they will be willing to mix and match personnel on their back end. So when we get into Patriots corners and safeties, just understand that they have their staple players, but they will play a lot of different guys in. You know, it can look different week to week, but I think J.C. Jackson, Jonathan Jones, Kyle Duggar, Jabril Peppers, Miles Bryant will be the the core of their secondary on Sunday afternoon. So what are my keys for the Bills on offense against this defense? Number one, be aware that this run defense is legit and don't bang your head against the wall, right? If you're just going to sit there and try to bang James Cook between the tackles, it's going to it's not going to go well. Now, I don't want you to be completely one-dimensional. You need to test this run defense in certain ways, but I'm attacking the edges, right? I'm trying to get these linebackers to have to run and play off tackle. And I think that their edge players are not as stout as their interior players. So I'm really testing the edges of this run defense, but don't bang your head against the wall. If you sit there and just run James Cook up, up the middle all, all game, it's going to be tough. Number two is get the non-Stefan Diggs players going. A little stat here, courtesy of Aaron Schatz. Um, the Patriots are number one this season defending the number one receiver from opposing teams in terms of DVOA. They're 30th versus wide receiver twos. They're 32nd against other receivers, so third, fourth, fifth receivers. They're 29th against tight ends and 24th against running backs. So if there ever was a week to get everyone going that's not Stefan Diggs, this is that week. Now, keeping in mind, the Patriots have always struggled against Stefan Diggs, so there is that to be mindful of, and you know he's going to be a big part of the game plan, but this team has really struggled against number two receivers, number three receivers, tight ends, running backs. It's a good opportunity for the Bills to correct a lot of the frustrations that are out there about not involving non-Stefan Diggs weapons. This is a defense that is ripe for that opportunity. And then number three, I just have the word execute. I've went in depth the last two weeks on what has happened with this Bills offense, and it's come down more than anything to me than execution, right? Plays are there to be made. Make them. Don't fumble. Catch the football. Don't commit penalties. Make the right read. That's what it is more than anything, more than it is Josh Allen under center or shotgun or shotgun runs or second and long runs or whatever gripes you have. It has primarily come down to executing, making plays when they're there to be made. That's what Ken Dorsey's job is to do. Put players in position to make plays. And guys got to make them when they have that opportunity. Execute. Real quick on special teams, a rookie kicker and punter, Chad Ryland, a rookie kicker out of Maryland. I did a community service project with him. Nice guy. He's not having that great of a season. Only five of nine on field goals so far this year. Seven of seven on extra points. They've only scored seven touchdowns, I guess, or seven times where they kicked an extra point. Bryce Barringer, the rookie punter. So far, uh, he's been below average, 20th in EPA per punt. At returner, Marcus Jones, he's injured. Won't have to deal with him. Uh, Ty Montgomery, probably their kick returner, and they've used four different players so far at punt returner, uh, and they have 13 punt returns. I'm guessing it's going to be Miles Bryant. Could be Jabril Peppers. I don't know. But, um, you know, no, nobody overly dynamic in terms of what they had in Marcus Jones when he was healthy for them. So there you have it. That's the New England Patriots. Um, these Patriots weeks feel a little bit different these days, don't they? But 
you can't take anything for granted, right? I think that was a, a good lesson that everybody learned last week uh, against the Giants. Uh, uh, you were supposed to win by multiple touchdowns. It came down to one yard, and you won by five. Uh, so road division game against a Patriots team that is reeling. And um, don't be the team that they get it right against, right? I think that's the challenge ahead. And, um, you know, certainly Bill Belichick, I've said this before, he has not figured out the Josh Allen riddle. And I'm sure he's going to try a lot of different things until he has more success. And so I'm expecting a lot of weird from the Patriots, right? They always have a few wrinkles. You got to anticipate and be ready for those oddities come Sunday afternoon. All right. We got more to talk about this week tomorrow or Saturday. Uh, We'll see when I post it. It might be Friday afternoon. It might be Saturday morning, but to get my final thoughts, we'll do injuries with Kyle Trimble and of course my five predictions for Sunday. So make sure that you are subscribed. Take a second to rate, review, and share the podcast. Have a great rest of your day. Go Bills, and I look forward to catching up with you again tomorrow.